Greetings, Watch Fam, and welcome to That Watch Podcast. I'm Solid Caseback, and this is the first of several episodes that cover a conversation between myself, PL Watch Collection, and Diverse Watch Collector. Please note that there's colourful language throughout, so you might want to put on your headphones if there are any sensitivities. And with that, let's roll. I did, by the way, quite like the idea of bleeping expletives. Just by using a sample of Jean-Claude Bivet going, oublou. Oublou. Just every time I say cunt or fuck or bollocks, you know, just oublou, oublou, oublou. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but good luck editing that. Yeah, because that is going to be a lot of oublos to throw in. Yeah, but it'd be funny. (laughs) I mean, it'd be funny for the first minute, I guess, and then it starts to wear thin, but... Yeah, no, I think people just get used to it. I think people like to swear anyway, it's fine. I mean, I think that's just always golden, really. Like, I wouldn't listen to a watch podcast in front of my wife and daughter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a headphone (laughs) affair for me. Is that because we're all losers? Well, I'm fucking speak to yourself, mate. I'm looking at my watch box. Hashtag win. Actually, that is a good point. Have you got all your watches around you? Yeah. I haven't got all of my watches because I never have all of my watches. Not all of them, just three. Okay. The three glasses. I've gone... I've gone full out. I mean, I've got two watch boxes. Oh, wow. One left, one right. Just just for inspiration, obviously. I've just got the one... I've just got the few that I've got currently in rotation. Do we do we, do we ought to point out that we're holding up box, boxes to the camera now? Well, we should start with a wrist check anyway. <clears throat> Fucking hell, mate. Yeah, let's start with a wrist check. Well, do you want to do, you wanna do the... What's your name? Where'd you come from? All of that. All right. Since you're, since you're talking... You, you Well, you start then. I will I will take your cue, my friend. Very well. I am G, aka Solid Case Back. Solid Case Back. Yeah, it's I, I need to put an echo on that. A little round of applause there as well, I think. Yeah. Thank very much. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh yeah, and um, yeah, hi, my name's G. I've been a watch addict for seven years. And um, I haven't bought a watch. <sighs> Three weeks? <laughs> no, that's bullshit. In two days. Yeah, that that we know you knowledge. just picked one up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, incredible. What a prick. Yeah, I just got a G-Shock. So, yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, I'm back reset to two days or three days or something. So that's bad. But um, I got into watch collecting because when I bought my second watch, which is when we all get into watch collecting, right? The first one doesn't count. One is none and two is one. Absolutely. So my second watch was a Rolex Submariner date 116610LV, baby. The Hulk. The Hulk. Wow. Which is quite a big second piece. Yeah. I mean, that's just annoying for a second watch, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? Well, you're going to be more annoyed, you know, so it was twenty. It was April twenty sixteen. Just scored a mega bonus from work, and the Seamaster three hundred M that I'd had on my wrist twenty two fifty four fifty. The only choice of Seamaster in my book. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I was like, I, I looked on Rolex dot com and I thought Rolex was for wankers, but but the green one it just it just sang, man. And I was like, I just want the green Rolex. I didn't know anything about anything. So you thought Rolex was for wankers, and you just went for it. Well, my mate had turned at work had turned me on to Hadinki like six months previously. And at around the same time, I'd taken my Seamaster to Amiga because I was a bit bored of it and I ended up getting a rubber strap stuck on it. 
So you, it was already happening, right? I was always look, already looking to switch something up, but I just didn't recognize it for what it was. Bonus comes in and yeah, like just the green one just looked epic. And I phoned, started phoning, cash hit the account, started hit, hitting up ADs, which I thought were Rolex, actual Rolex stores because they just said Rolex, right? And the fifth one was like, yeah, got one. Wow. And I was like, great. Can you hold it for me? And he was like, sure. And I was like, can I come get it tomorrow? And he just laughed and went, no, uh, you've got 45 minutes. And I was like, an hour? And I negotiated <laughs> him up to an hour. And there it was. And I bought it. Six grand. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was a good investment. Right then. From from picking up the phone to picking up the watch, wow, 60 yeah. minutes. Which is, in the modern world and the modern Rolex that everyone understands in the modern context of what we have now, that's unthinkable. Unthinkable. And And then the rest of my bonus, a month later, I walked past the Amiga Boutique white city as it was then and they had a tintin in the window that they'd had there for like months couldn't shift it 2950 went in there asked for asked for a discount and the guy went can't it's boutique but you know and i was like nato sure i felt really good about myself (laughs) so in in the space of four or five weeks went from a seamaster to a Hulk and a Tintin. Like, that is the luckiest window of watch purchasing of all time for me. I mean, that's pretty strong. I mean, you did... And sort of set the tone, right? Set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. Subs and Speedmasters. Anyway, that's me. Well, I feel I'm going to dive in at this point because I have a much less interesting story to tell. Uh, so my name is Matt. Um, most of you will know me as p Watch. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. <laughs> I'm the rangy, good-looking one. Everyone would have to trust me on that, by the way. But my watch history really started when I was younger. Um, always obsessed by watches, never had the means to do anything with it. And then I got a Zodiac Sea Dragon, which is a cheap nice. little quartz Zodiac. Probably, I think it was right at the start of the fossil era. Um, nothing particularly special, but I loved it. And I still have it to this day. It's still in my watch box upstairs. But your first watch was a Zodiac. I know, yeah, yeah, and it's just cool. It just, I, I just, I liked it. I like the history of Zodiac. I still like the history of Zodiac. Now we won't go into exactly what's happened to Zodiac at the moment, but it was just cool, and I, I, I liked it. I liked the the history of it. I liked the colouring of it. It had a neon orange second hand, and I just thought it was just cool. Stuck it on a rubber tropical blue strap. Perfect. Absolutely loved it. And then that was it for me for ages, and I couldn't really afford to do anything else. And I wore it sometimes. I didn't. My work is very manual, so often I would go to work without watches on. And then the next really few watches that I bought were all G-Shocks. And I love a G-Shock, as you know. And yeah, and that, that was really it for a while. And then I was just, I knew I had to have a Speedmaster. You know, I love that whole romantic era of, of space travel and everything it represented. And the Speedmaster was it. And that's really, that was my first big Swiss watch purchase, if you call it. You know, that, the first big one. I mean, there, there's there's not many better first proper mechanical watches than a Speedmaster. No, and it is. It's the gateway for so many people. Yeah. And it was at a time, like you say, it was at a time when it was, when I bought mine, it was about three grand. It was, you know, relatively, I suppose at the time it was everything. But now when you look back, Speedmaster three grand, that, that's nothing. I, I think that's where, is it still a, an achievable gateway, right? Because it's yeah. just unaffordable as kind of a first. I mean, what is it now? Like, I guess in the secondary market. Get a 3750 on Chrono yeah. 24, three, three and a half grand. Yeah. 
do you have the confidence, I guess, when you're buying your first luxury piece to go to the secondary market? Or do you think, I mean, remember your experience, Matt, I guess, did you buy, I mean, here you bought from from ADs, right? Your first I did, yeah, and no, I bought bought it from a dealer because there's something about buying from a dealer, and I think we'll we'll come back to that in a little bit. But actually, there is a if you when you're doing that first thing, it's about yeah. the experience, and I think that's really over that that's as important as the watch itself for a lot of people, yeah. and it was for me, and it sometimes still is. I love that experience. I love going into the boutique. I love going. I love, you know, I like to be wine and dine. I like to do all that. And I, I, it's important and it's part of the watch. It builds that first memory with the watch. Yeah. Um, but that's really what got me going. And it took me a while. I won't go into sort of, you know, where I got to where I am now. But that was a few years ago. And it's only really in the last couple of years, well, last three years where I've had the means to really step the collection up. It's a good thing you got into international arms trafficking recently because well, <laughs> it's opened up so many possibilities. <laughs> I, but... My first watch, my Seamaster, I bought it online from a shop, you know, that was there and yeah. gone tomorrow. And they were selling a Seamaster. I bought my Seamaster 300M, £850. Wow. Oh, it's just a and I'd been looking at subs, but they were two, 2,000, two, like they were three, almost three yeah. times. And I was like, fuck that. I got a Seamaster and I was so upset because I got it on my wrist and it was, I'd had a quartz before, it was losing multiple seconds every day. I was outraged for that money. Yeah. The more money you spend, the, the better accuracy should be, right? <clears throat> and so I complained a lot and they obviously got it regulated and brought it back to me and sort of, you know, anyway, it was cool, but. But I bought from some dodgy grey market dealer, basically. And obviously, I had no idea what that was at the time. Mm. But I felt a lot better buying a Rolex brand new out of an AD that had Rolex signage. Absolutely. And that's the thing I was going to say is when you, when you bought that Hulk, when you did that, how good did that feel? Oh, man, it felt good. Yeah. And I think that, that and it is important to remember that for a lot of people when they're aiming for their first purchase or even when their first Rolex purchase. A lot of people could go secondary market, especially the way the market's going now. But actually, to have that experience of going to the AD and getting it, yeah, it is a it is a bit of a, a hit. Do you know what I mean? It's you interesting you say that. In that, my last Rolex purchase from an AD was yeah. my Explorer Two, twenty two sixty five seventy. Are we naming names? Yeah, fuck it. From Bukhara, <laughs> the fine people at Bukhara, <laughs> from the lovely folks at Bukhara, and. <laughs> While I was dead chuffed to get the call for it, and I was dead chuffed to buy the watch, it was contingent on me buying another watch. Yeah. And all right, I managed to talk him finally into selling me a Black Bay 58 Blue, which I was yeah. happy to buy. Although, in hindsight, I should have flipped that 10 minutes after I walked out of the store. <laughs> what, when everyone wanted them? Back, back when anyone wanted them, yeah, quite. <laughs> Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, great watch, and I'm happy to have had one. But, yeah, but that colours that whole thing, right? Whereas picking up a phone, phoning a shop, them saying, yes, I've got the thing you want, going and buying it and being home the same afternoon with your new thing, yeah. that's nice. It is, it is. And then there's an anticipation to a wait list. There's, there's all these things that build up to collecting that piece, to getting the call. It does, but it does put a lot of pressure on you as well. Um, 
And some people don't like that. Some people want to know when I'm ready to buy a piece, I want to be able to get that piece, go and choose it, pick it up, job done. That's it. That's the way I want to do it. It's a normal transaction for most people. Yeah, that will be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. Until, and we'll come back to this, obviously, at some later point, but until you start getting into watches that aren't brand new. Yes, yeah. But I think before we go too much further, we need to introduce the third Amigo. Best for last... For sure we do. Here's, here's, the, here's the headline. <laughs> Into the drum roll. <laughs> yeah, so, hi, I'm Darren, uh, a.k.a. Diverse Watch Collector. Um, I've been collecting wat watches for probably 30 years, maybe a bit more. Um, the first watch I just obsessed over was a Casio databank. Um, my parents created a reward chart because I desperately wanted one. I behaved myself for three solid months and, and finally got this watch um, that I absolutely adored and loved. I still have it. It's kind of in pieces in a drawer. Um, but that was kind of the first the first watch I absolutely loved uh, and adored. Um, I then went through a stage for quite a, quite a while of literally just buying any kind, like any watch. I, I didn't at that stage necessarily appreciate certain brands or anything. If I liked the look of a watch, I would buy it. But I was already hoarding at that point um, uh, and really like very different stuff. I've, I've still got a watch that's a quartz, but it, it looks like a handgun. You pull a trigger and it kind of opens up and reveals the dial. I mean, that's how shocking some of the purchases were. Why has this never come to a watch, mate? <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll have to show you guys at some point. I, I owned a Pops watch once, if that makes you feel any <laughs> <Yes>. better. <laughs> I owned a watch that told you the UV rays and when you should get out of the sun. There was, I mean, it was all sorts. But Pops watch. Well, that's that's quite handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, but then probably where I'd say really I started to chase particular brands is my dad has is really into his watches. He kept getting a, a reaction on his skin from kind of stainless steel and different things. So he then discovered Rado and kind of full ceramic bracelets and watches and so on. And I just love the look of uh, the Rados that he had, this kind of full black ceramic piece. So that was kind of my ambition. And when I got my first job and I made a bit of money, I saved up. And I think it was about two and a half grand, the watch that I bought. It was, I was saving up for quite a while. Um, and that for me was just the, the height of luxury. Um, and then, yeah, I guess when... I, I really started kind of learning more about watches and it was like, oh, I need to get a mechanical piece. And if you're going to get a mechanical piece, it's Rolex. I just sold my uh, my business at the time. I was quite young. I was about 20, uh, 23. Went into Rolex. Uh, I just said, I'll have that black Submariner date. They said, sure. I paid for it, went home. Uh, and literally on the first day I had it, it just stopped. It kept stopping. Uh, and bear in mind, similar to your experience, G, I'd never experienced mechanical before. So I'm thinking, I've just spent five and a half grand on a watch. This needs to be the best timekeeper I've ever had. Um, and it just kept stopping. Um, so the store, which was also Booker at the time, or at least a store that's now part of that group, refused to take any responsibility. They didn't believe me. They hold onto the watch, put it in the safe. It didn't stop. And and finally, I managed to negotiate that, look, if I take it to Rolex service department and they find an issue, I just want my money back. And they agreed to that. So took it to the Rolex service center, didn't have this watch for six weeks, bearing like five and a half grand. It's a lot of money. And, and for me, then that was like almost all my savings. 
So I was without a watch for six weeks. Finally went to the center and they said, yeah, one of the wheels was warped inside the watch, which is what was stopping. They'd never seen this issue before, but they confirmed there was a problem. And I handed the watch back and got my money back. And Rolex for me was tarnished for a long time after that. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, in fact, mechanical watches <laughs> were tarnished in general. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? At that point, you knew it was G-Shops only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then interestingly, and I think it's worth that I'll admit this and I'll probably be shamed uh, for doing it, but there was a stage where I just wore an Apple watch for two years. Um, and I had quite a few really nice watches like my Rados that were, were sitting in the safe, never wore it. They were quite practical. I could pay for the underground as I went through barriers and so on. And it was just, I, I kind of forgot why I loved watches so much. And then when COVID hit, I opened the safe and I was like, there you are took the Apple watch off. It served no practical purpose anymore. And it, the bug just came back really, really bad. Um, and that's when I was like, wow. do you think that's true for a lot of, for a lot of people yeah. during COVID, it really kickstarted because it, yeah. it did for me, you know, even though the job I was doing, I, I worked through the entirety of COVID and I never stopped once, but we had all this free time on the weekends where you couldn't really do anything. And, and you started watching and consuming all yeah. these things online. And all of a sudden watches became a real thing again. And it really did, and it was it was already just about there, but it really kicked it back in for me. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is why I loved all this, and it got me back into it. Yeah, COVID. Just as you're saying all of that, it, yeah. I realise in this moment, right now, seeded my whole Tudor love affair, because, yeah. uh, like, uh, maybe <laughs> two weeks before. So we moved house the day of lockdown, right? On the Monday morning, all of our stuff got loaded into a truck. Uh, we took like a couple of pillows and a couple of towels and a kettle to the new place we were renting. Boris Johnson said lockdown. And the next morning I'm on the phone to the removals guys going, uh, we can still get our stuff, right? And they were like, yeah. And 48 hours, no. But we, we squeezed it, right? But because... All of that was going on at the time. I think I had like six, seven watches, but I just, just, just got a Black Bay 58 OG. Yeah. And that was it. You know, the second I got that, I was so fucking happy. That went on the wrist. And all my other watches went into the safety deposit box because I thought, well, we're we moving and I don't want. And then lockdown. So the only watch I had and until the first break of lockdown, well, that's not true, was, was the Black Bay 58. And then later on in the summer, I was like, gonna get a 16 7 10 because <laughs> <laughs> you know you can spend any money. that's bonkers though isn't it to do, can you imagine that for 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 a lot of people that do you know like us collect watches we have you know there's you know let's not be shy about it we have a lot of watches to choose from every day that's mad to think of only having that one piece yeah but i imagine quite a strong experience yeah i just loved that watch it was so good I mean, it is so good, the BB58. I mean, what a watch. But... No, it, it's, a, it's a beauty, yeah. On that topic, do you... Oh, I sometimes really miss just having a simple, small collection and just really bonding with a piece. And I am tempted to go the way G goes, of saying, right, we have a rotation. Because I do... There was a time when I was having some building work done and I thought I'm going to... I'll just wear my CWC and, uh, you know, <laughs> not be, be flashy. And I absolutely loved wearing that. Like, it, it, I, I just really formed such a relationship with it. 
It's such a good watch. I mean, let's be honest. My rotation thing is 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 born out of necessity. I I I don't have a safe at home. I can't get insured for my watch collection without there being a limit on what I can have with me at any one time. But can you imagine the other way around? Imagine you had all your watches with you. Can you imagine the the <laughs> the decisions? I think I think I would have folded. I would have folded ages ago in terms of I still to this day do like five plus days with each watch. Mm. It's very rare. It's very rare that I'll go, ah, nah, fuck this one. I'm just... And the sad thing is there are two or three watches I've got which might succumb to that more than others, you know? But mostly it's like five to seven days each. And I love that. I just love that. But if I had all of them here all the time, it'd be too much, I think. It'd be too much temptation to just go, fuck it, I'm I'm just switching every day, which is what everyone else does. And I totally dig it. It's really cool. So you know my situation, so my work is very manual. Yeah. I don't particularly want to wear, and it's not, I've, you, you, know, you can't you do your job with a 1655 on your wrists. No, no. And I probably, do you know what? Although you I, probably I, could, I, but. I probably could. I, <laughs> I work in construction. I work in project management. I do a lot of painting these days. But at the end of the day, I don't want to be on a building site with a Rolex on my wrist. Um, that's not from a, from a point of I think I'm going to damage it or I think it's not going to you know cope with it. But I work with a lot of people. I work with a lot of, you know, lots of people that that have come from different backgrounds i don't want to be strutting around with the rolex on my wrist i think that's just an arsehole move so so for me i change my watches every day i change my watches once a day because i have a work watch i'll come home i'll put the work watch away that i've worn for that day and i'll wear something else so i change very regularly and i quite like that i like i, I have a very sort of set what i would classify as a work watch and what i classify as an evening weekend watch. you wear to Sorry, you only change one. You only wear one watch a day, so you don't come home and stick on any. No, I change one. Change I change. Watch. You wear two. No, I change okay. once a day, so yeah. I wear two a day. So when you get home, you'll stick on another one. Yeah. So for example, today I've been on site. I've actually worn my Tudor my Tudor Panda Chrono today. I whacked it on a NATO this morning. I wore that on site today. Not a problem. Love it. But came home. I've taken that off, and I put something else on for tonight for the podcast.